Welcome to week seven of the Alpha Sports Pro podcast. This week we are going to talk a little bit about Snapchat. We will do a little bit about the NFL Combine that's going on this weekend, as well as talk about a few other fun topics. first topic of the week is going to be, if you haven't heard, Snapchat um, decided to go public with an IPO. Uh, so we have our finance expert, Stephen, here. He's going to give us a little Snapchat IPO for dummies. Stephen, what is an IPO? So an IPO is a stands for Initial Public Offering. It's essentially when a private company wants to sell shares of its ownership to the public. And so they come up with a number of shares, and then usually some analyst or someone in finance decides what that price is by, based on the valuation of the company. And they open up uh, at the ring of the bell, and they say, okay, we think we're going to open up at $17. That's what the initial estimates for Snapchat was. And people bid on it, and then it's, it's in the stock market like anything else. And uh, it goes up with more demand and goes down with, uh, with more sales. So. Why, uh, I guess, why would a company do an IPO? Like, why, what was, what, what is, what does Snapchat benefit from doing this? So they can raise more capital this way. So I'm sure Snapchat originally raised most of their capital from, from VCs or venture, venture capital firms. And, uh, being a public company, you can have, you can have more people invested and, and you can honestly get a bigger base from that and have more, uh, Grow. I don't know if you can really necessarily grow faster. I mean, you, a lot of companies that do an IPO are generally pretty small. Snapchat is kind of a, a known brand at this point, but essentially, it's it's a it's a really good way to raise a bunch of capital um, for your company. So, what would what would a company do with that capital? Just, I mean, obviously, there's a ton of different options. R and D. Yeah, I mean, just research and development, expand on uh, their workforce, uh, acquire capital. Uh, do different uh, mergers and acquisitions. There's there's quite a bit you can do there. Uh, growing companies tend to not make any money. Like if you look at them for the first few years that they're really growing at a, at a really steady rate, uh, they don't make any money. So like if you look at Twitter, for instance, they lost uh, man like a few hundred million last year on, from a net profit perspective. And that's because they're they're trying to grow. They're trying to grow their base and trying to improve the overall experience so that's that's pretty typical with companies like that okay what about uh, me as an investor do I invest in snapchat you know it so if I invested in Facebook uh, I saw the numbers Facebook grew like 250 percent from the time of their um, IPO from if you, if you were able to get in on the ground floor when they went public they've grown I think like 250 percent in 
uh, over the last you know several years. Twitter, on the other hand, has has like like you said, they've lost money this year, but they've also their stock price has gone down as well. You know, I, is Snapchat but, but, more like Twitter, yeah. Facebook, or is it is it so its that, own thing? That's what everyone's been trying to figure out: is is it Twitter? Is it Facebook? As far as in the market, and the reason Facebook has been successful is not only do they have a billion plus users, they've also figured out a way to monetize their their platform. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they're integrated into everything now. So that and and not so they 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 sell. I don't know what their their big money maker is, but I'm sure a lot of it's advertising. And they also sell their analytics, so they can sell it to companies to figure out who's clicking on what, what's driving what. And it's it's a lot of uh, it's a platform they sell for for research, really, more than anything. And Twitter hasn't figured out how to monetize that yet, and I, I don't see how Snapchat doesn't. So I, honestly, I, I feel Snapchat's more on the Twitter side of, of things. I, I I wouldn't wouldn't buy shares of Snapchat right now. I just don't, I don't I don't see how they make money. How they I think it's it's a very good app that a lot of people use, but I don't see how they make money. Yeah, I uh, I think they're going to have to, like you said, with our research and development, they're going to have to figure out a new way to um, you know integrate some new some new ideas, figure out a way to adapt this to, to existing technology, create their uh, what's the what, what what am I looking to say? They're they're trying to they got to find their niche and, and somehow figure out how to monetize it. The problem I have with it is like think about Periscope. So Periscope, Twitter acquired, paid a lot of money for them, and it was really successful. And then what happened? Facebook created Facebook Live. Yeah. And then there's an alternative. Just, exactly. What's going to happen when someone, I mean, if you think about it, Instagram already has a, a Snapchat-like feature. It's it's very similar. It's it's not identical, but like it's Like a story type of yeah, thing? Yeah, you can do a story, and and uh, I think you can snap your friends similar to, to Snapchat, but I don't know. To me... I mean, I understand why they're doing it, because if you're a CEO or if you're in the leadership team of Snapchat and you do an, an IPO, it's a good way for you to make a shit ton of money real quick. Yeah, and everyone's talking about you right now. Yep, and if you really do believe, and, and in that case, they, they do, they have to, they can't not believe, uh, but they think they're going to make some money out of it, and good for them, but I don't see it right now. they got they got to do something for me to be convinced, although they're, I think they're up like 13% from their opening. I think they... They estimated opening at 17 and ended up opening at 24, and I think they're at like 27 something now. You think that's where they kind of stay for the duration? They just kind of level off it and they're going to move the 20s. Around. They're going to move around until their their first quarter 10Q. I mean, until they, they do their first reporting and people really figure out. For how those much. at home not knowing what a 10Q is, what's a 10Q? So a 10, 10K, 10K is an annual filing that uh, companies must submit that has. A lot of uh, has their financial statements, so their income, their balance sheet, their uh, their statement of cash flows, and that comes at a yearly basis. But they also do an uh, abbreviated version quarterly, which is called a 10Q. It's, it's a quarterly statement, and it's uh, it's basically required by the uh, by the Securities and Exchange Commission as well as uh, GAAP. Yeah, and aren't those those are those are public. Yeah, correct. Pro- you're able to you're able to access yeah, anyone, those through the website. Anyone could go look at that, and, and if all that is too much for you, you can. A lot of a lot of companies have their earnings call, so you can you can listen to their earnings call, or you can look at the PowerPoint, which gives you a, more of a high level look at where the company stands and what they're thinking. Yeah, because I, I know I've looked at some of those financial reports, and they're 80, 90 pages long, and I just get you know even me, I I'm not a genius when it comes to finance. You know that's why I have you, but even I can get 
extremely lost and confused looking at those things. Yeah, no, that's what, honestly, that's why for me, I can get a lot of value out of, out of, out of those reports, but also I think the big level, high level picture that you want to see, you can find in earnings calls and those, those happens quarterly and they happen at the end, end of the fiscal year for a lot of companies. So that's, that'll give a good idea of where, where the company fell and where they think they're going to fall in the future. So those are, those are good. A little, a little high level. And well, I mean, it's, you know, revenue, net income, operating profit, things like that. Yeah. That generally people understand. Um, it doesn't get into the, the minutiae of accounting principles and whatnot. So that's what I would recommend looking at. Okay. The fun fact, did you see the, uh, the high school that like invested $15,000 in Snapchat back in like 2012? They, uh, they ended up pulling out a $24 million profit because of them going public. I mean, look, I mean, I think it was like a, what, like an angel. What, what's, what's that? You're the finance guy. What's, it's like an angel donation or something. Angel investor. Yeah. Yeah, Angel investor. Yeah. So they they do that. So I'm guessing at the time they were a pretty small company. They were an idea and a concept in the, the high school. I don't know if they went there or something. something. Yeah, something happened where I was reading the article. They decided to, to I guess, take a, for lack of a better way to put it, take a gamble on, a, you know, looking at diversifying their, their money. So they decided to invest in this a great idea. And clearly it worked out because now this high school is going to be able to do whatever it wants for the next 100 years with this $24 million. Was it a public high school? I would assume. I don't know. I didn't read enough of the article. I just thought it was interesting as I was kind of glancing through. If it's a public high school, is the state technically? I would say then it's probably private if if that's the case. If if we're looking at public money, I don't I don't think uh, like a local high school, local public high school here could just decide to take 15,000 and invest it in a in a guy's company. Yeah, I kind of doubt it as well. So I would I would say private then probably just from that um so there's your snapchat for dummies any questions uh feel free to add us on twitter um if you've got any other questions about snapchat or ipos steven is our finance guy does it for a living uh so he's the guy to ask about stuff like that make stuff up yeah just fake it till you make it um all right so moving back into the sports world uh we're going to evaluate ourselves at the combine so this week is the NFL Combine. You've got guys in there showing off their um, metrics. How big is their hand? What's their 40? What's their vertical? How many times can they bench press a certain amount of weight? Um, basically, for a lot of people, this can make or break their draft stock. Um, I think almost every NFL executive will say that these numbers are you know, extremely, extremely important um, in deciding if they're going to draft these players or not. So every year you get the guy. I've got some, he, he's got small hands. I think the most recent one was what like Teddy Bridgewater. They said that he was going to be a horrible NFL quarterback because he's got tiny hands. Um, he's turned out pretty decent. So some of them, they, he, I'd say good. decent. He's, he's middle. He's good. He, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he may never play again. Yeah, he may never play again. But if if he continued down the road, he was going. He'd be a 12 to 18 ranked quarterback in the NFL. He's like a one to thirty-two ranked quarterback. Yeah, somewhere in, in there. He's somewhere in the thirty-two best quarterbacks in the NFL yeah. when he's playing and starting. Um, so we're going to do ourselves um, the numbers. You know, it, we're not going to bore you with the numbers of what all these other guys are doing. Uh, but Miles, I will say that Miles Garrett's pretty much solidified himself going to Cleveland. So if he didn't want to go to Cleveland, he tried way too hard. Yeah, he, he needs to go ahead and do some, say some bad things about the city. You know cuss out LeBron or do something to get out of Cleveland. I, I would yeah. strongly try to get out of 
that pick up. There's no way he's not the number one pick now after his after his weekend at the combine. Here's the thing. So say his rookie deal is twenty million dollars if he goes to Cleveland. And who's got the second pick? 49ers. 49ers. And say it'd be fifteen if we're going to the 49ers. Are you taking that five million dollar cut to go to the 49ers? Probably not, because you got Chip out there who just Chip got fired. Oh yeah, that's right. Chip got fired. Well, I, I don't want any part of that 49ers got, uh, debacle. Yeah, you're right. John Lynch is their GM. Yeah, I don't want anything. John Lynch had probably got 15 undocumented concussions, and he's now the guy making all the football decisions for that for that team. There's no way. Talk about your all-time like human torpedo. John Lynch is not going to be my GM. He he went from calling games on the sideline with uh, Sal Palantonio, one of those freaking guys, and uh, now he's the GM and. We talked about it before, but I think uh, they did that whole move where, where he was like, "All right, I'm interested in this, but I want to." See. He basically tested him to see if they leaked that he's he's the candidate, and they never leaked it, and he committed, and it came out of nowhere. No one had any idea he was going to be the GM. There. Yeah, I think the the ownership kind of said like, you know, it, it's a it's a time in sports where we have to take gambles, and you have to you have to think outside the box, and they they really went outside the box. They took a guy with no player personnel experience besides being a player. Is he John Elway or Jason Kidd? He's Jason Kidd. There's no way he's John Elway. John, I mean, you got to think about it. Quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, you've got to know he was smart. If I'm picking a guy, am I going to pick Troy Polamalu or am I going to pick Peyton Manning to be my GM? Yeah. I no. mean, it, not saying Polamalu's dumb, not saying that he's not a great football player. Yeah, but Jason Kidd, I mean, I realize we're talking two different sports. It's a little bit apples and oranges, but – Jason Kidd was a great point guard. The, mm-hmm. the position where you, you've got to be smart, you've got to think. I mean, he, I think he's top three all time in assists. I mean, the guy knows how to play basketball, but I think it's different. Like, I mean, I, I realize it's, it's again, it's a lot of apples and oranges. A head coach versus a GM, but man, he could not coach for anything. And I think a lot of it is he literally retired, and then like a week later was the coach of the. Yeah, I don't think there was much there was much turnover. It's kind of it's the same with uh, in in baseball. Catchers make great managers for whatever reason. There's there's a long documented history of catchers after they retire they go into coaching and they're extremely successful. I think it's the same way in the NFL. You've got quarterbacks that if someone's going to go into a, a key role like a GM or a head coach, I think your best bet's going to be a quarterback. Yeah, no, it's it's a safe bet if. Of any guy on your team that you want to be the leader and the and the trainer of different individuals, it's, it's the guy that that's calling the plays in the huddle. That's, yeah. that's who you trust to to make those kind of calls. And it's a natural transition. I don't know. We'll see how he does. Open the best for him. I was kind of always a John yeah. Lynch fan. I'm always a big fan of the white safety. Yeah, Back Eric then. Weddle, John Lynch, those guys. And then you got your rare white cornerbacks, Jason Seahorn. Yeah. And then that's it, because yeah, I can't think of anyone else. I can't think of anyone else either. There might be one on a practice squad somewhere. Uh, all right, so, Steven, today, let's do today. We'll do it as of today. You're, as, you're, as you are right now, what could you run the 40 in? Man, as of today, let's think. Uh, so I haven't ran, like, full speed in probably, like, over a year. Like, I just don't run. Yeah, I, I, I'm of the I'm of the mindset. If I'm running, turn around and run with me. I'm I'm running for a purpose. It's not just for leisure. Yeah. So if I'm going to say a forty, man, I would hope I could get in like the five five range. 
even though that sounds like super slow, that's not like horrible for someone that doesn't run or work out ever. So yeah, I think I'd probably uh, I'd probably be in the five five range. I would think. What about you? In your prime, in both of our primes, I, I will freely admit you're a larger person than me, but you were faster than me in our prime. That's right. Now, I think I'm faster than you. So if you go five five, I don't know about that one. I I think I'm faster than you now. I don't know. I still got some juice behind these legs. Only got so many bullets left in the chamber. Do you really want to waste it on on trying to beat me in a race? I think it'd be worth it. It'd be worth it right, right. Well, me personally, I think I'm faster than you. So I remember we talked about this earlier, and I said I could run a five zero. And then we that. and then, no and then we watched then we watched Keith Kelsey from U of L run a four nine three while we were watching the combine stuff earlier. And I'm really confident that he is way faster than me. And I guarantee I have a very horrible first step off the line. So I'm going to say a 5.49 is what I'm going to run. Gives me the edge of being just a hair faster than you. Yeah. But, I, yeah, that first step, I, I don't. I think I'm going to lose a second alone. Probably half, at least probably about a half a second just on that first step off the off the starting blocks. Yeah, when you said you were gonna run sub five second, I just laughed at your face because I realized how hard that is. And so I didn't play football, all right. So I don't know. I, I know enough about football, but I and I love football, but I don't know the ins and outs of you know the perfect break off the line and things like that. You gotta think. There's like bit offensive linemen who are great off the line, don't have the top end speed, but they're still running barely scratching five seconds on some of these guys. I mean, they're like, some of them are like five and a half, five, two. Some guys are more quick, but man, they're still blazing compared to your average human being. They're 300 pounds. And then you look at linebackers like Keith Kelsey, who are obviously studs in college and look like they're flying around the field and they're on four nine. Yeah. That, that kind of deterred me a little bit. So it's breaking five seconds. Isn't as easy as it sounds. Obviously, for yeah. them, it is, yeah. But for, for like receivers, common man, yeah. For like receivers and stuff, the guys that have been training their entire career to run a forty, which is, is sad. Like all of your hard work through high school, through college, all comes down to, and in a lot of ways, comes down to what you run forty yards in, which has like literally no- lasts less the entire process from the time you walk up to the line to the time that you get your time. It li- it lasts like what fifteen seconds. Yeah, you consolidate your entire career into 15 seconds. Yeah, that's it, and that's what it boils down to, which is pathetic. And so funny, no one besides receivers and maybe like your secondary cornerback guys, no one runs 40 yards in a straight line ever in football. Never once. I played, I don't know, 12 years of football through middle school and grade school and high school, and I can't think of one time I ever ran full speed in a straight line. For 40 yards, ever. Yeah, unless you're chasing someone and you thought you had a chance of getting him. I think that's the only time that a 40-yard would actually be beneficial. Yeah, and even then it's just, I don't know, why would you want to time that? Who cares? Yeah, exactly. You're either faster than him or you're not. not, You just have to be faster than the other guy. You don't have to run a certain time. All right, so vertical. Where, uh, Where are you at on your vertical? So I'm thinking right now, I got at least a 24-inch vertical. The reason I say that is because I can touch an eight-foot ceiling flat-footed, and I can jump up, and I can touch the rim from flat-footed. So simple That's math, 10 feet. So, so simple math tells me that that means I could jump and reach two feet higher than what I can 
on the floor. So I'm saying 24 inches. That's where I'm standing right now. All right. I, I think I'm kind of in that same ballpark as you. I cannot touch a rim, though. Could back in my prime. I could fingertip it, but that was it. Um, I would say 10 feet. I could probably get about 9'6", nine, 9'7", nine, maybe. Um, so working backwards, I'm probably about 7.5 feet tall uh, with my arms in the air. So that gives me about seven and a half to nine and a half, about 24. If you got 24 though, I feel like you could probably jump higher than me just because of your, your leg strength is a lot. Your leg strength is a lot better than mine. I'm going to say probably 22, maybe 24 if I'm lucky, but I'm yeah. going to say 22, which sounds horrible if you think about it. I mean, think, think about what we do for a It's like, if we train for this stuff, like maybe... True. Be one thing, but I mean, I feel like if we're just sitting around having 24 inch vertical, that's not bad. Yeah. I, mean, I think I'm just comparing it to the to the, to the combine guys. Yeah, I guess, sure. So like, think about the other fat fucks that like, can barely even get off the ground. I feel better than that. True. So, yeah, I know. In my prime, I was probably in the the low to mid 30s, I think. Yeah, in my, prim- in my prime, I could fingertip a goal, and I was about this height in my prime. So I would say I was close to 30, whatever I had to be, to get the rim. Um, flat-footed so I knew I, I could do it running but in my prime I could probably jump and, and fingertip it uh, bench press 225 what do you got right now right now jeez I can tell you me real simple How many probably people? one that's probably close to my max maybe I, I don't do a lot of heavy bench pressing because I've got two messed up shoulders are you confident that you could get one or would you how much, think, money, how much money would you put on yourself getting one I put a hard, I put a large sum of money. Like I can knock out one eighty five six seven eight times on for several sets. So I'm pretty confident that two twenty five with the adrenaline of it being, you know, for a money. do or die. Yeah, for money, a do or die thing. I could I could I could rep out one. So you I, put I'm at zero confidence. You put five hundred. You put five hundred bucks that you get on one. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, five hundred dollars is going to put a lot of. You, you'd be you, surprised what you can do when that adrenaline is pumping. You, you put two fifty on. You're getting two. No. I'm putting no money on two. Like, if I'm getting one, it is all-out max effort. That is it. There's no chance of two. Okay. Yeah. If you if I could get 250 for doing two and not have to pay you, then, yeah, I'll say that. But, no, I'm not putting any money on getting two. I will freely admit it. The bench what if press you got is five not, to one odds? What if you put 250 down and I gave you 1250 back? I would bet less for five to one odds. Okay. <laughs> as a as a degenerate gambler, I would I would not put that large sum of money on my own physical strength. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you could probably get one. I, it doesn't seem too hard. I mean, if you can do if you can do one eighty five for a set of eight or so, six to eight, you should be able to get two twenty five at least once. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what can I do right now, man? I think I think I could probably do in the five to seven range, maybe eight. That's what I could do right now. Coming at you, Christian McCaffrey. We're oh, almost there. What did he get? Ten. Ten? And it looked, he struggled. Like, the last three looked very painful. You give me two months to work out, and I can get ten, no problem. No problem. I could probably do 15. You think Christian McCaffrey getting ten is going to hurt him? He's a running back. Um, he's a white running back. Um yeah, I think it probably will. I mean, I was very shocked because the dude looks like he's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, I don't know. What did he run his forty in? Oh, uh, I think it was about four six. Yeah, that's not good enough. 
I don't know. I mean, look at Daniel. I Lillard. mean, Leonard Fournette ran it in four six. Yeah, but Leonard Fournette was two forty. True. Christian McCaffrey's probably up there too, though. I don't, Christian McCaffrey's not a small. He's not Danny Woodhead. He's, yeah, he's a he pretty big boy. He doesn't have highlights of him literally running over human beings. True. So I think that gives Leonard Fournette a little bit of leeway on that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that definitely hurts him. But yeah, for me, I think uh, I think in the five to seven eight range is probably what I could do right now. All right, so look for us. Um, probably Stephen more than me. Look for us maybe late late seventh round. Maybe some free agent signings and invite to to training camp. Uh, if any listeners want to donate money so I don't have to work, and I will literally train as hard as I can for six months, 40, the bench, the vertical, and maybe we can make it to the league. I can't promise a return on your investment, but maybe I can. Yeah, you might be able to get your money back. You may <laughs> be able to get your money back. But uh, it'd be a good story. Yeah, exactly. It'd be worth it. Cinderella story. All right, so last talk about Combine. Uh, if you haven't seen yet, Google search, you, Twitter search, whatever you got to do. It doesn't take very long. The John Ross 40, John Ross broke Chris Johnson's 40-yard record. I think Chris Johnson was, what, 4-2-3? 4-2-4. 4-2-4. John Ross, wide receiver from Washington, which I'm going to be honest, I didn't know he was any good until after I saw him run the 40. So I looked him up, looked up his stats, and he was actually an absolute monster in college. Uh, he ran a 4-2-2, set the record. Um, you know, what's crazy about that, too, is – I was reading some some GMs and some scouts were hand timing him. Multiple guys hand timed him to under four two. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if uh, I mean I'm, I'm, Washington's good enough. They they're going to do a pro day. Yes. So it'd be interesting to see what he runs at his pro day or if he's everyone if he, runs faster than pro day. It'd be real curious to see if he even does run. He's got nothing to lose now. I mean he's yeah. he's got a four two two. If he goes out there and runs again and runs a four three five, that's that's going to hurt him a lot. It's a one-hit wonder type thing. Yeah, but he felt like he could have ran faster. Everybody so like, says they feel like they can run faster. Okay, well, let's say in, in camp he, he legitly ran with electronic time four one fives, like some crazy number. Yeah. If you can go out there and consistently run that, I don't think it hurts you to run another one and maybe get below four. If you run under four two, you're going to be the biggest fucking superstar in the NFL just for that fact alone. Yeah, I mean, then, there's literally not going to be anyone who can catch you. No. You're going to be the fastest person in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, talk about an angle. Like, I mean, you could be on the 10-yard line and your backside corners are just going to have to run to the other 10 just to have a chance to catch you. Yeah. I think uh, where where do you see him? Where do you see him? Let's say I think he was – I'm going to look it up real quick while you're talking. I don't know. Um, what, I would I say he's going? first round. I because he was a number, he was a number three wide receiver prospect. Oh, so he's number three. Wide yeah, he's number three before. This was before the forty. Yeah, he's going. And where's Oakland's pick? Because I'm taking to Oakland. Oakland is all about drafting fast guys. Jacoby Ford, they got, they got. Uh, oh man, what is they've gotten so many fast. They had Darius receiver. Hayward Bay for a little bit. Yeah. I think he was kind of quick. Yeah, they've had some guys that don't like really have all been known for just speed and. I, honestly, I think he's going to Oakland. That's, that's where I would put him at. I mean, that's that's the logical place. If he's if he's the third best receiver, he's definitely going first round. All right. So as of today, we've already got a new updated mock draft. They've got him going number fourteen to the Eagles. 
14 to the Eagles. He um, is going to be, they've got him listed as the second wide receiver off the board. Who's um, the first? Uh, uh, what's his name from Clemson? Uh, Mike Williams. Gotcha. Going to the Titans at five. Yeah. Um, going I 14 guess. to the Eagles. The guy that originally they had in front of him uh, was the guy from what, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, Corey Davis. They've got Corey Davis going 17 to the Redskins. Gotcha. Um, and then I would I say know, probably no more. Eagles. I just think the Eagles can maybe do better in free agency than getting him. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later. So you think that you think that that does? I I don't know what it was before the update, so we can't. So really... if he was if he was rated at the twentieth, I'm not surprised that he moved up six spots in the draft. Not yeah. one bit. Because I mean, I think Steve Smith is or... it because he ran a four two. Let's say he ran a let let's play devil's advocate. Let's say he ran a four three four three five, where it, he would have went where he's projected. He would that, right where he's at. That's yeah. He would if he was at twenty before. He that's would, a four three four three. He would have he would have went there. You know, plus or minus I don't know five spots, right? Yeah. What but about I, four be, two five? What if he did not beat Chris Johnson, but he was just a ten, a hundredth of a second slower? You think if he, you, you think break, he's rising? If you break four three, you're rising at least three to five spots without doing anything else besides that. Yeah, because there's just only a handful of guys in the NFL that can surely do that. And uh, and if you're one of them, that's an advantage that you can't really replicate anywhere else. Can't teach speed. Yeah. Um, all right. So that concludes our combine talk. Let's let's move on. Some interesting news in the college football world: the University of North Carolina is now a Jordan Brand um, partner. So Michigan was the first. I think they did it. What did they do it? Started last year, or was it two? Years? Two years ago, maybe. Um, I don't remember when they did that. I feel like it was it was within the last couple of years. I don't think this has been a long. Yeah, it was recent. I think it was under Harbaugh, so it must have been pretty recently. Okay. Um, do you know? Do you know? I mean, I, you might not know. I know. Actually, I do know. Basketball. North Carolina basketball is is Nike. So, does Jordan Brand football? You think that helps North Carolina? You think uh, that's... so? Jordan Brand's been uh, Jordan. There, well, hold on, excuse me. North Carolina has been Jordan Brand for basketball for. Quite some time. Then. I think they're all. Aren't they also? They're Nike partnered. Well, yeah. I mean, Nike Jordan is a, uh, like a subsidiary of, of Nike. So yeah, they're they're Nike. They're Nike and they're Jordan. So, but they've specifically been Jordan for a while. I mean, I remember in middle school having having friends with Jordan North Carolina shorts. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think I don't know. Does them bring, bringing it over to football make any difference? Does that help the the fighting uh, Larry Fedoras? No, they're not good enough, and they're in the ACC. Uh, ACC is pretty decent conference, though. Oh, uh, okay. They've got they've one of the three best. One of the three best conferences in football. Three best. Okay. I'd say Big Ten, SEC, and ACC. You don't. You don't. Not like in that pack? order. Not in that order. You don't like the pack over the ACC? No. What about uh, the Big Twelve? No. I don't know. I think the Big Twelve, when they're at their strongest, versus the ACC and their strongest, I think they can. I think they can beat them. Nah, that's a debate for another day. Either way, I think uh, North Carolina isn't one of their premier teams. They have it's it's Florida State, it's Miami, it's uh, Clemson, and that's about it. 
Yeah, Those I mean, the there's, there's no respect. magic. There's no magic pill to become a football powerhouse. I mean, no, it's not going to be something over overnight. But you think that this Jordan could possibly turn some, you know, adds add a few more high caliber three stars, maybe add a few four stars, and kind of yeah, get the, I mean, get the ball rolling in a in a positive way. I mean, North Carolina. When the, all else equal, it will make a difference. But I don't think kids really think, look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, it's I, not when all else equal. It's, I can tell you when I was making my college decision that. You know, it, I wasn't looking at the top, you know, BCS caliber schools when I was deciding. But you know, everyone has a partner when it comes to, to clothing. But I can tell you for a fact, clothing was not an option that I even remotely considered when deciding where I was going to go to school. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it it does add a point or two out of a I don't know five thousand point scale. It's and I, I just don't think it's that that big. It's of a drop deal. in the bucket. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I it's think it's cool though. I yeah, mean, yeah, I think it's cool. I think they'll be able to land one or two guys that they wouldn't have. Maybe even big I you know, I don't know. It, do, it all depends. I think that I think they're gonna end up landing a couple guys that they wouldn't have gotten because of it. Um, I mean that are you, gonna help them in a very positive way. I mean if you marketed like instead of Jordan brand like, hey, you don't have to go to class brand. Well, they already do that. Yeah, exactly. Like if you did that, maybe I think that that would make a pretty big difference. Yeah, if they haven't made you go to class yet, I don't think adding Jordan's going to be enough. Yeah, but now you, you get to wear Jordan while you don't go to class. Exactly. But if you if you like market it like, hey, you come here, just be an athlete, don't go to class. I think that might win you some players. That'll win you a lot of players. Yeah. All right. Know. All right. So I need I need an NFL fix. The combine wasn't enough. So. Uh, we're going to talk a little, uh, finish things off, but with talking a little NFL free agency. Um, people are getting cut. There's actually been a lot of big name guys that are hitting the market now. This is actually going to be a really fun off season to to be a part of. Yeah, this is this is a good class of, of players that are out there that can actually make an impact to a team. It seems like there hasn't really been a big one since the lockout. Like I remember the lockout. As soon as the end of that thing, there were so many players. It just like was a it was just bottled up, and as soon as they opened the opened the cap of that bottle, it was just a free for all. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, I I think uh, I think we're just going to talk about the skill position guys. I don't think we're going to talk. We've got one defensive guy in here, but these are skill position. This is going to be, well, for lack of a better way to put it, fantasy football related players, guys that are going to impact your fantasy football team. So we don't care about like the second string, like left guard for. The Titans anymore? No, and there. I mean, and here's the thing too: is there's actually some really good, you know, interior linemen. There's some really good linebackers that are available, but and we're trying to hit a broader audience. So let's let's look at this from a fantasy football perspective. Nobody, you know, the the general public doesn't care about Donatari Poe and where he's going to go. They care no. about they care about Alshon Jeffrey, Jamal Charles, guys Play like makers. that. Yeah, playmakers that make a difference and score touchdowns. You don't buy a Donatari Poe's top deck or uh, upper deck card you you buy Alshon Jeffries card yeah so all right Deshaun Jackson uh I know he is near and dear to your heart Stephen as a Philly boy he um, is before Chip shipped him away because he was too good because he was too good he was yeah let's slightly, not go there slightly <laughs> subjective of those kind of guys um I, I don't know um I think he's going back to the Eagles I he wants to be there the fans want him to be there the coach even said, "Like, hey, man, let's bring you back." Now it's just up for the for the uh, general management to come and say, "Okay, hey, you were one of the fan favorites. 
We can settle the hell out of your jersey again. Other people can dust it off. Yeah. I don't I don't think a lot of people burned his jersey when he left. I don't think that no. was a jersey burning type of situation. I think if anything they they burned Chip Kelly faces or something. They printed it out of his face and burned it. They just crumbled it up and threw it away. I don't know. I mean I, I was so pissed when they got rid of him. He was such a dynamic player and I for the same reason I grew up liking Deion Sanders is when you're so good that you can talk shit and but you can back it up, I'm just I love that. I love everything about that. And he was a big time shit talker. I mean when he he got that it was like a ten yard out route on the ten yard line against the Cowboys and he took it ninety yards and then fell backwards into the end zone while yeah. he basically said, Hey Cowboys, you never got me. And I think he's also the only guy in NFL history to drop the ball twice before he made it in the end zone. Doesn't matter. Well, it does on the scoreboard. He doesn't. He doesn't care. He's a. He's Deshaun's a world. He's, right. he's just looking good. Yeah, I, I I too think he's going to end up back in Philly. Uh, however, I did see a report earlier uh, today when I was kind of looking up some stuff that the big front runner that a lot of people are saying is Tampa Bay. I have heard the Bucks. I've heard that they like him as well. Um, but here's the thing. I also heard that Vincent Jackson is not retiring, and he plans to stay with the, with Tampa Bay. He's irrelevant, but I feel like V-Jax is not going to be a guy who's going to go down easy. Yeah, I mean, if you got – I don't know, that would be a pretty sick lineup. you got Evans, yeah. Deshaun Jackson, Vincent Jackson, whatever he's – That's going to that's gonna create a lot of potential openings for Doug Martin and, and Charles Sims. And uh, Do they still have uh, – what's it, Rodgers? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they they probably cut him. Yeah. Either way, I could, that's a decent fit for him. Um, I think honestly though, him going back to Philly would be. I think it'd be the fun. Best thing. For That'd be a every, huge buzz for the city around there. Yeah, I, I, everybody wins if he goes back to Philly. Yes. Even non-Philly fans win because they get to see him in Philly. Uh, next up, uh, by the way, these are in no particular order. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I've got him. I think he's gonna go to the Giants. I saw some stuff earlier pointing towards him going to the Giants. I saw him going to a lot of different teams, actually. I think the Ravens was an option. Yeah. The Rams was an option, which the Rams could definitely use a guy like him. Yeah, so I think, honestly, this is being a little bit of a homer, but man, they've been talking about him going to the Eagles. Yeah, I think Philly's linked with a lot of guys right now, honestly. So I think what they want to do is they, they have Carson Wentz. They've got this great young quarterback. And they're just Can looking. Jordan Matthews lead a team as the number one, no. or do you need Alshon Jeffrey? You need someone besides him. You need Alshon Jeffrey. I think Alshon Jeffrey or Deshaun Jackson could supplement Jordan Matthews and make him an even better player. But by himself as the number one, no, not a chance. Yeah, I, I think the Giants, Philly, I would say Philly's an option, definitely. Um, I like the Giants, though. They got rid of Victor Cruz. Um, they've also got, you know... Um, Odell Beckham Jr., pretty decent. Can you imagine uh, Odell and Alshon on opposite ends? They got, what's his name, too, from Oklahoma? What's that guy's name? Uh, Shepard, is that his name? Yeah, Sterling Shepard. Yeah, he's good. He's good, too. I think, I think was, you put that would move Shepard to the slot. That would be... He was the slot last year. He was the number three. Was he? Yeah. Um, and he was really good fantasy player. Like He he was... I think I picked him up in like, know, like the 10th round or something like that. And he ended up being a, a consistent starter for me. So I think... Uh, I think Alshon would be a good fit for that team. Um, I don't want to see it. It kind of fits with their mantra too. That the, we're just going to score more points than you. We'll have a, a decent off. We'll have a decent defense, but we're just going to try and score more points than you. I could see Alshon wanting to go out to the Rams though. Being an LA guy, they needed they needed a guy like him, and I think it'd be a perfect opportunity for uh, 
what's his face, that quarterback, to have someone good to throw to finally. Goff. Yeah, Goff. Yeah. Um, what about Brandon Marshall? I'm, I saw a lot of reports, and I think it makes all the sense in the world. Why not go to the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots? I so, saw mul- mutual interest on both parties. So I wrote down like three teams I could see him going to. And New England was on my list. They're number one. Just because it makes sense. came from the sense. Jets. The New England Patriots love to like just poke the bear of other teams when they can. Think about it. I mean, he could be... He could be not maybe not as successful as Randy Moss was when he got there, but they're probably around the same age when if he went there now is when Randy Moss went there. I think he could be dynamic there. And yeah, if he ends up in New England, I will tell you for a fact he's going to be on my fantasy football team. Yep. So I think that's one team. Another team I wrote down. So the Giants for kind of the same reasons. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey would want to go there or might go. Be there. the same stadium. So yeah. just move lockers. Exactly. Might even be able to keep the same one. And then another team I wrote down, which I think would be really good, is New Orleans. Yeah, they are I, trying to they are trying to push out Brandon Cooks. I, I, well, I think they need someone to supplement Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks is a good receiver, but they need someone for the red zone. I can't. I mean, how many touchdowns did Brandon Cooks have in the red zone? I don't think very many. No. And I think he could be like Marcus Colston there. He can go in there, be the big guy, get the long catches, and be perfect for Drew Brees. I mean, they don't have. Jimmy Graham anymore. They don't have Marcus Colson. They need someone like that to go in there and, and catch some balls at the at the high point above the defense. And I think Brandon Marshall can do that. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that entirely. I didn't think of the Patriots, or I didn't think of the uh, Saints until just now, but that, that's a good point. Um, let's get to the two big ones that I actually didn't see coming. Um, Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson, both happened like within hours of each other. Uh, where do you see each of these two guys going? So I wrote down a few teams for both. But uh, I'll start with Jamal Charles. I think he's a total Oakland player. Yeah, it's exactly who I have written he is down. So Oakland. Latavius Murray is a free agent. I don't. They probably won't bring him back. I, yeah, Jamal Charles going to Oakland. That's what I wrote too. Yeah, so I think he's going to Oakland. I could see New Orleans. Like he's he's a he's a multi-dimensional running back that Drew Brees would love to have in his arsenal. I guess a better question is where is he going to get hurt next year? Yeah, that's 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 really what matters. Um, and then the other team I wrote down is the Colts. Like, yeah, you got he, Frank Gore on his way out. Frank Gore's on his way out. They're a, kind of a passing team anyway, so if they can get a guy that could, you know, be a little change of pace or something, I think he'd be successful there. Maybe he has less chance of getting injured if him and Frank Gore kind of share the load. Yeah, kind of pass the torch off to Jamal Charles as Frank Gore does his uh, farewell tour. So those are the three teams that. I don't know if he'll go to those, but those are the three teams I feel like he fits well in. Yeah, I did zero research on Jamal Charles because I just simply he felt he feels like an Oakland Oakland guy. Yeah, um, Adrian Peterson, I've got him going to the Packers. I hate uh, that. He's that's on my list of three. Teams. I hate the I hate the idea of that I would love him to. I, I don't know if he's going to be the Adrian Peterson that we all know and love, but if he is, I don't want him in the NFC North anymore. Unless he's on, unless he's rocking Honolulu Blue in Detroit, um, I want him out of the NFC North. I don't want to play him twice a year anymore. I'm tired of seeing him. He's great, but I'm tired of seeing him. So I, I, Packers is one team I wrote down. I I could see him ending up at just because man, if they had him, they would be. Sad. I mean, if they had him, Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson all healthy at the same time with a, a Aaron Rodgers who's seemingly unstoppable at times. That team would be very, very deadly. 
And uh, I know you wouldn't like seeing that. No, on a very selfish note, I, I can see the Lions doing the, the ultimate blunder of Adrian Peterson's available. I think in the NFL, NFC North, well, no, he's a complete, he's, he's an unrestricted free agent now, so that, that wouldn't apply. Um, but Adrian Peterson's available. They end up, Adrian Peterson signs with the Packers, and then the Lions sign 1.8 yards per carry Eddie Lacy. It'd be the most Lions thing to do ever. Yeah, I can see that. Pass up on Adrian Peterson. They signed Eddie Lacy for a deal, and he now is our problem, not the Packers anymore. Yeah, yeah, the Lions would do something exactly like that. I've already played it out in my head, so I know it's going to happen. So I'm bracing for it. So probably week by week 12 of this podcast, we'll we'll be talking about Eddie Lacy and. And I'm going to talk myself into buying into him being good somehow. I'm going to figure out a way to talk myself into it. You're going to read enough Lions forums, and they're going to talk about how he's lost weight, he's got faster, and you're going to be like, you know what? He's got that un- untackle- untackleable spin move. Yeah, you're, you're going to talk yourself into it. So another team I wrote down for AP is the Texans. I could see him playing for Who the Who do the Texans team. have right now at running back? Uh, they've got uh, – shit. Who do they have? So they've got, uh, damn it. They just got somebody. Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy from Miami. Oh, yeah. Um, Why is his name slipping our mind? Yeah, he was on my fantasy team last year. People at home are yelling at us right now. All right, well. That guy. That guy. Yeah, I know. we know who you're talking about. I don't know. For some reason, I, I can see him playing there. He was. They were talking about him for a while going to the Cowboys. I mean, it's the poor man's Cowboys. Why not, why not play for the Texans? Yeah, they'll take they, Romo. They they Romo handing the ball off to Adrian Peterson. Then the last team I wrote was the Washington Redskins. Just because Washington's all about buying players when they're a little bit washed up and way overpaying for them. Way over. I mean, think of, uh, oh, man, what is it? Why can't we think of anyone's name right Pierre now? Pierre Garçon? No, that, that defensive tackle – that uh, was so good for a long time, and the Washington paid him like a hundred million dollars to come out there, and he sucked absolute dick. What's that guy's name? Like something. Uh, fuck. Should've Albert Hainsworth. Albert Hainsworth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's a perfect guy. Like that's that's what the Washington does is they find guys like that that were very good for a long time, but then just, eh. I'll take my paycheck and just give half-ass effort at Washington. Never pe- get in shape to actually get to training camp. No, I remember like for Robert him, Hainsworth couldn't stay on the field for longer than two plays. I think he couldn't pass a physical because yeah, he just couldn't run yeah, for fifty yards in a row. They had to get he had to run like a three hundred yard shuttle or something like that, and he had to do it in like ninety a seconds, which is so long. Like I remember when when we had to run the three hundred, like we had like I think receivers had like sixty seconds to do it, and like. You know, linebackers had 63, and, like, the linemen had, like, I don't know, like, seven, like almost 70 seconds. And he couldn't do it in 90. It's just like, fuck, man, these are high school athletes that are running that, and no problem. I feel like Albert Hainsworth was a guy that would, like, get the, – the teacher would give you the test that he was going to give you. Be like, here, you can – here's the test I'm going to give you. Use this as a study guide for the test. And Albert would just show up and, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't study. Like, even though I knew every question that was going to be on the test and I could have looked them all up ahead of time, I just didn't study. I'm going to get a, I'm just going to get a 46 on this test and just call it a day. So he's a perfect example of what, what the Redskins like to do. And that's why I could see them getting AP and paying him like, 
I don't know, let's, let's say, I don't know what AP is worth in the open market, but let's say he's worth, I don't know, $18 million. They'd pay him 27 Yeah. And I could seriously see that. Highest paid running back in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, it'd be so dumb. But I could seriously see the Redskins doing that. All right. The last guy on the list is uh, Darrell Revis. I think, uh, personally, I think, and I, I bet you, I have not looked at Steven's list, but I would say he's going to agree that Revis Island is going to be in Oakland with Jamal Charles. Oakland was the first team on my list. They are perfect. And then I basically wrote down. And they're good now, too. So, like, they, like, a shutdown corner like Darrell Revis is the type of team that could really use him. And that would be, that could be enough to get them to the AFC championship against the Patriots, of course. I I wrote down Oakland. That was the very first team I wrote down. And then I basically just wrote down the entire AFC North because I could see him playing for Pittsburgh, I could see him playing for Baltimore. Or Cincinnati, all three of those teams could pick him up, and he's he's got a little bit of a troubled past now. Yeah, so fit right in with the Bengals. He'd fit in with the Bengals. He'd fit in with Pittsburgh. He'd fit in with Baltimore. All three of those teams are all about having some dirty players. You think, you think the Browns call him? He's like, sorry, I, I, no, I'm the, I'm not playing anymore. No, the the Browns are the one team I think he would not play for. He's I think even him, he he's been chasing money for a while, but even he doesn't want to play for the Browns. And it doesn't matter how much they fucking pay him. I mean, what about New England? No, he was already there. Like, he can go back. He's not going back. He was, wasn't he in Oakland before? We, we both slated him going back to Oakland. Was he in Oakland? I thought he started at Oakland. No, he started the Jets. Yeah, that was him going home. Scratch that. We'll cut that from the... Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think him going to Oakland is the first and most logical choice. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he goes somewhere completely random, like... The Dolphins. The Dolphins or like Minnesota or I don't know. Maybe he goes to the Rams. Who knows? I don't know. Oakland or I'm picking AFC North. That's what I'm picking. Yeah. That, I didn't think of AFC North. I, I just put Oakland and that was it. It's not I a didn't... team, but it's basically a team because they're all exactly the same. Yeah. They all have like pretty decent quarterbacks that can hold their own, good running backs, and then awesome defenses. Yeah. That's the AFC North. Except and the then the Browns. Browns are just the, the the shitty team that they left behind. Well, so were the Bengals. The Bengals were pretty shitty last year. Andy Dalton. They've got they've got the right pieces though. With with Eifert and AJ Green, they've got two great running backs. Two really good running backs. Their defense yeah. is good too. I mean, they've got a lot of key players. Um, I, I think I think they got to get rid of Pac Man, and they've got to get rid of what's the dude, the linebacker. Uh, Vontez? Yes, they got to get rid of those two guys. I swear, I don't know this, but they, they have to be locker room cancers. There's no way those two guys bring know. anything valuable to the locker room besides problems. Yeah. I don't know. I think the Bengals could, like you said, it could be a really great team. I think they lost a lot when they when Hugh Jackson went to, went to the Browns. They lost a lot from him. And it's funny because I thought they'd lose more when they lost Jay Gruden going to the Redskins. But Hugh Jackson stepped in and did some amazing things. And I don't know if Andy Dalton just didn't get along with this new guy or what. Or he just did not look like the same guy from the previous couple of years. And I don't know. The Bengals could be a really good team, but they're also the Bengals, so they like to find ways to lose. Yes. Like all of our teams, none of us actually cheer for any really good football team. So we all know. Steven's an Eagles fan. I am a Lions fan. And uh, Rob is a Bengals fan. Brandon jumped on the bandwagon of the Packers a long time ago, so neither of them are here to defend themselves, but we'll talk about them while they're not here. Exactly. 
Um, so I believe that's it. Steven, you got any last last remarks, last comments? No, I'm just saying go Eagles, and uh, let's hope we get Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson because that'd be that just wouldn't super, be fair. Super squad, and I'm not gonna say what Vince Young said because he fucking jinxed us. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to roll. I've been waiting for football for a while. I just yeah, I've missed like it quite a bit. We bring the XFL it. back, give us something to yeah to watch, and from from the time of. The Super Bowl until what? Training camp starts? Yeah. I think that's what the XFL tried to do. And you can't bet on the NBA. I got buddies that try to bet on the NBA. I'm like, what are you doing? You're no. just throwing money down the drain. Last night, for example, you know how much, you know, uh, the Cavs and the Heat played. Guess yeah. who won? Uh, the Heat, I don't know. Yeah, they won by 28. You going yeah, like, to bet on that game? I'm, how did you bet on that game? Like, isn't like how in what world do the Heat beat the Cavs by twenty eight points? You know, it's, like, it's in, but it happens all the time in the NBA. I know. And like the Bucks and the Magic will play, and it'll be like a three point game. Like how do you pick that? When I'm betting on the NBA on a consistent basis, that's when you need to intervene. That's when I. That's when I've got a problem. That's you when need you to stop. I, for for you, I've done minimal gambling since football season <laughs> over is over. I do most of my gambling during the NFL season. I feel like if I catch you betting on NBA games, like you've already went past the the OTB uh, racetrack gambling. Like you're just you you like you know what I've I've bet on the Saudi Arabian horse grant game, and you know what I've got a little bored of that, so I'm going to the NBA. That's like the last thing you know, I could see you betting on, just because there's not a lot of opportunity to win money. No, because it's. I feel like the NBA is the ultimate game of randomness. Like in the NFL, like I feel like I've got a pretty good feel, and I've got a pretty good track record of betting on NFL games, of you know winning money. I, but the NBA, no, not a chance. I did. I for like a week straight. I did that uh, one day fantasy sports, like FanDuel, DraftKings type stuff. I did it for the NBA. Thought I was going to do great because I was like, oh, this is easy. It's just like the NFL. No, not a chance. Came in like. Out of 100 people, I came in 90th every so, single time. I don't know so, why. The NBA is so unpredictable. Like, I understand basketball. I know the game. Yeah, I just can't bet on it. You can't predict when one team is going to want to try or not. Just be, It's like, yes, the games, they all mean something. They all want to win. But bullshit, they're not giving their 100% effort every fucking game. No. and then We can have that debate about, about baseball because I am 100% convinced that those guys take games off. 162 games, they've got to take at least one off. But... Uh, yeah, I just there's no money. Speaking of coming up gambling, that could be fine since we got to do bridge the gap between NFL and football and college football seasons. We got the Derby coming up soon. Oh yeah, and we will definitely be all on board with the Derby, and we will have all kinds of Derby picks. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, we got we got to talk about some like unique bets, some some some, some exotics. So yeah, some some exotics, some crazy superfectas, just doing like. Out the ass, ten cent superfectas just to fuck around. Cause you got two dollars and forty cents just burning a hole in your pocket. Exactly. Yeah, just ten box. cent superfecta box. Yeah, you box it. Just in case you were curious, if you superfect, if you uh, box a superfecta ten cents, it's two dollars and forty cents. We need to don't know that from personal experience, but we also need before we need, we need to bring someone on here that actually knows a thing or two about horse racing, gambling, and uh, pick their brain about some some good picks. Who's looking good? Maybe we do a scouting report. Yeah, I, I know I've got some people that like to gamble on horses, but I don't have any. I don't know of any horsing horse racing experts that uh, are at my disposal. You think Tom Hammond will come on? Maybe. Okay. You get Ed DeRosa. At least he's local. Okay. I, I like Ed. 
Let's get let's get Calvin Burrell without his teeth to come on. Yes, that would be that's my pick. Calvin, okay. you out there? We're reaching out. Check your messages. It might be in the spam folder though. Just to be safe. <laughs> Leave your teeth and just come on. Yeah. All right. I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, make sure to check in next week uh, at Alpha Sports Pro. Follow us on Twitter, Alpha Sports Pro. Uh, and our Facebook page, uh, where you do have links. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Have a good one. Peace. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring. Out the window at the darkness To boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice so I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet And his face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up walk away and know when to run you never count your money when you're sitting at the table there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away knowing what to keep Cause every hand's a winner And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep And when he finished speaking He turned back toward the window Crushed out his cigarette Faded off to sleep And somewhere in the darkness The gambler he broke even but in his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the deal is done, you got to know when to hold them. No when to fold them No when to walk away And no when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done You got to know when to hold them No when to fold them No when to walk away Sitting at the table, there'll be time enough.